bitch, oh yeah, Bobby bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me Bobby bitch, oh yeah, Bobby bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me Bobby bitch, oh yeah, Bobby bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me. This is the last word podcast. I forgot how fire Bobby Schmurder was. Go, Bobby. Free Bobby. No, don't free Bobby. Bobby did things. There's a reason yeah. Bobby's in jail right now. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the lyrics of that song, there's a reason <laughs> that man's in jail. This is the Last Word Podcast. I'm Steve Artabello. I'm Angela Lippo. And we have quite a bit to get into <laughs> today. Everybody now, fucking panic and finally happened. You can listen to us on Anchor, iTunes, Google Play. Spotify, all the things. All the things. Wherever your quality podcasts are found. And you know what? We got some quality. We bring up the quality of the non-quality podcast providers. You go to your podcatcher, you will find us. It'll be excellent. But. Use that rod. Get right into this. (laughs) (laughs) Just the the Pokemon, too. The good old good rod. Just out here. (laughs) Catching all them Magikarp. Woo! Fisher Cannon. Shout out, Kenny. Shut up, Kenny. <laughs> but big news to start the podcast. Yesterday we record. Today's Tuesday, November 20th. We usually record on Tuesdays unless there's a scheduling conflict. And then one of us has to come in on a different day to make mm-hmm. it work. But on Tuesday, well, on Monday, we had learned late on Monday. Today's Tuesday. No, no. We had learned that they had fired their coach. No, we learned today. Didn't they? It's today. Today oh, was all happened today. Okay. Everything happened Tuesday. This is what happens when you wake bad. up at three in the morning. You Sorry. get a bunch of alerts yeah, yeah, yeah. and you kind of. <laughs> oh no, it happened. <laughs> I don't know what time things happen, but I know they happen. The deal, um, the death on arrival tag says Tuesday, November twentieth. At we'll call it eleven ten. Eleven ten a.m. Todd McClellan is no longer the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, and I know everyone's like, "Oh man, Joe Quenville. He's not the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers either." Ken Hitchcock, raise your hand if you had that one in the pool. <laughs> he was Coming retired. out of retirement again. He's out of retired. Okay. Comes out Ken of retirement. Hitchcock doesn't retire. He just waits for another job. <laughs> so he is taking over as the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. And they have not been good this year. They had a they had a, like a little spurt. They had a bad start and they had a nice little kind of like what was it, five, six games? Well, they started the you know they started this season off at eight four and one, you know. But well, was it, they lost like two or three in but a row. Re, but recently, have lost the six of the last seven games. Now they're under five hundred. You know, when you have talented players like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and that's it, because you've already traded away your talent in Jordan Eberle and Taylor Hall. And then you do the deck cha- shuffling deck, deck chairs on the Titanic move and trade Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner. Spooner, who you draft. Peter Shirelli, we're looking at you, who you drafted when you were in Boston. and I don't quite understand the move. It makes no sense. I didn't understand. So basically like, you traded Jordan Everly, Jordan for, Everly Strom- for Ryan Spooner. For Ryan Spooner. Think about that in the big retrospective of this whole freaking disaster of a franchise. That's actually not that bad for Peter Shirelli. <laughs> Couldn't have worse. Could have done uh, Adam Larson. Oh, Adam, shit, wait Adam Larson for Taylor Hall. Dang, he already did that one. Tyler Sagan for Louis Erickson <laughs> and a bunch of pucks because it was like Joe Morrow and a bunch of guys that didn't turn into anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, and let's go back to Blake Wheeler to Atlanta. Yeah. Rich Beverly did help him win a cup, though. Yes, that he was did. That was a, that was a short side. It was like 
pushed all the chips into the middle of the table. But, but do and you says, still not think Blake Wheeler would have helped him win that cup? Oh, he would have 100%. I've, I, I, <laughs> like, I'm hard to believe I'm uh, just, not just friends with Leaf fans, but also friends with Boston Bruin fans. And one guy says, when that happened, he's like, this is the biggest mistake the Bruins are ever going to make. Yeah. He's like, not even the second. He's like, this was the biggest move. He's like, because he's like, he liked Blake Wheeler a lot. Blake Wheeler was very young. Good. And we've seen Blake Wheeler transition to being one of the top players, not just in Winnipeg, but in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Easily a top 25 player. Oh, yeah. So. 100%. Peter Shirelli, full of full of the moves. And Peter Shirelli just likes to hand away yeah. high caliber players. Yeah. Like Todd McClellan, first year in Edmonton, really good. Very, very good. Actually finished second. In the Pacific, 103 points. Playoffs. Playoffs. They got to the second round of the playoffs. Almost beat the Sharks in the second round. Like, they were looking good. But then last year, bit of a back step. Shirelli had more control over the roster, more guys he got rid of. And when you get rid of players. When you lose talent. You lose talent. And you lose talent that can play alongside your superstar franchise player. Who can also skate with him because everybody you've put beside your your big free agent acquisition in Milan Lucic. Oh God! Thank God! You want to talk about uh, like a thank God moment? You know what the best part is too? He would have been a hab. No, no, but, but remember, remember like part of the justification for this. Well, you didn't just trade Adam Adam Hall Adam, Adam Hall Lar- Adam Larson Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Yeah. You traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson and Milan Lucic. Basically. <laughs> You tried to play the two for How's one. How's that an excuse? <laughs> it's not an excuse. It's not 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 it's an a excuse. joke. Is what that is. And for Edmonton, the fact that you have Connor McDavid on your team. Look, they're the best player in the league. You. There are teams that would chop off the. There are GMs in this league that would chop off their right left arms and then the foot. Only one foot, yeah, and keep the other foot so at least they can hobble to the phone, <laughs> and then they would smash with. They the, can dial no, with their toes. Yeah, they'll die, no, they'll dial with the nose. All right, four, one, two, dot, 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 dot. But instead, uh, you have surrounded Peter Shirelli, uh, surrounded Todd McClellan's Edmonton Oilers with junk, the Tyratties of the world. Kyler Yamamoto's of the world. Well, hey, we do, you don't know what the, Kyler Yamamoto is. I've seen it. I'm, I'm not impressed. He's a second. He's not. He's in his second year. His first year, he played 11 games because I think he passed the 10 game threshold and yeah. they sent him down anyways because yeah. of the Oilers and that's but, what they do. You know, it's not like he's not like wowing. Idol, where the second year he came back and yeah, like but there's back. nothing to there's nothing that on Edmonton would be like wow that this guy's really good. This guy's really good. Like, Yamamoto has a lot of skill. It's just learning to play in the NHL, as opposed to Junior, where at Spokane he embarrassed people on a regular well, basis. I haven't seen much in the NHL, and I've seen little guys like him in the NHL, and I see, you know, we see skill players, Brent, uh, Mitch Marner. We see guys who are little, who are gritty, Brendan Gallagher. When they come into the league, they had success. Yeah. Okay, and Yamamoto's had no success. Now, will a coaching change help? I don't know because this team is a, is a cesspool of a disaster. Now, this is this to me is the well, not just to me. This is the last lifeline for Peter Shirelli. If he somehow manages to survive this, if they don't make the playoffs, I don't think they are. Neither do I. But if he manages to survive this somehow, it's a joke. Yeah, because he is the reason that he had to fire mm-hmm. his coach. It's yeah. it's not. 
Todd McClellan, there there were issues last year, like the historically bad power play at home was yeah, weird. Was that was just weird. They were or, sorry, penalty it, kill at home. Like they, they had some the weird... second to last penalty kill in the league. Yeah, that's not good. No, but they had like it, uh, Steve Dangle did this. They had a top five on the road and the worst in the history of the NHL at home, which just doesn't make any sense. Because it means your guys are actually good penalty killers because they do it on the road. But they can't do it at, at home. Now, for Ken Hitchcock, so this is the it's it's definitely the last it's the last leg that Shirley should have to stand on. But for someone like Hitchcock to bring him in, he might be the coach that can maybe get you into the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. this is what Hitchcock kind of does. Yes. He takes over these. Teams that have issues, but should be able to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, look what he did with Philly back in the day. Yeah, he went to Columbus. He finally he got that team into the playoffs for the first time ever. Then he went to Dallas. Again, he went back he to Dallas. Then he went a cup in Dallas. That too? was the first time. That yeah. was originally. That was before he was in the, with the yeah. Flyers. That was back in the day. That was a Joe Newendike Cup with the Joe Newendike, Dallas Mike Stars. Dano. Oh, Marty Turco. Marty Tur- no, Marty Turco wasn't on the team. It was Eddie, uh, Eddie, oh, was Eddie Eagle. Eagle, eh? Eddie Eagle, man. Fuck. Sergey Zuboff. Brett Hall, foot in the crease. Oh, yeah. People of Buffalo are not happy. No, they're still upset about it. <laughs> A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But, but for Hitchcock, this seems like the type of job that... This seems like the type of thing that Ken Hitchcock has done before. Take over a team that should have that should be doing better than it's doing. Get guys to play a very specific system... And then find success. Yeah. But something that's also been part of Hitchcock's career, he doesn't last very long. No. Also, if you are going to fire Shirelli, which you should have done already. It could be coming, though. That's the thing. Like, we're recording here, and we could be talking about Peter Shirelli being gone as of next week. Yeah. When we record next time. But then you're going to want to let your new GM pick the coach. And we talked about Quenville. I, I said Quenville right off the hop. Quenville's an issue because of his salary, because of how he was fired, and the way the league has also to find a way to I, make his salary whole. It's it's the, it's the not the thing is the thing is I could not see Quenville going to this this situation in Edmonton. Yeah, fine, you get a chance to coach Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but what else is on this team? There's nothing. It's it's it, it has been. It's not just it's not just the trades. It's not just the. Bad signings of like guys like Milan Lucic, you know Cam Talbot hasn't worked out. He's on the bench. He's riding the pine because Miko Koskinen. Koskinen. Yeah. I'm trying to remember his first name. So there's three issues right there, and then you can't draft. So you, it's yeah. it's not just you. It's 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 your the it's organization. Your, yeah, it's your organization. Every look, everybody should be fired on this team. We started with one. We got the head coach. GMs should be next. Bob Owner, Nicholson, owners, who's their president. President, gone. Used to be Hockey Canada. Yeah. This is a disaster. Okay, owner, fire yourself. You don't usually be on Daryl Cates is a mess. Okay, get rid of him. You want to know something? Parking attending, you're gone. <laughs> Guy scanning tickets, you're gone. Person selling beer in section 322, you're gone. Zamboni driver. Zamboni driver, gone. Guy who drills the ice to put the <laughs> pegs in, you're gone. The guy who puts the glass up in between games, you're gone. Everybody Cleanse should be, that entire new building. It should be gone. And then you know what you're going to do? You're going to end up trading Connor McDavid because you're not going to be able to build a team. Oh. Okay? 
Look, there was if we looked at last year and you said who's in a better position to succeed, the Edmonton Oilers or the Montreal Canadiens? Oh, the Edmonton Oilers. Everybody says Edmonton Oilers, and then some trades happen. Not big trades, nothing crazy, but Montreal added younger pieces. Some guys who maybe have had rough, you know, dead careers. Some guys who, you know, you're taking a chance on. All these all these things. And Peter Shrelly hasn't done that. Well, and he at least, shuffled deck chairs of the and, Titanic. He and, Ryan for Ryan. And at, least, and at least in Montreal, hey, okay, maybe we don't have a Connor McDavid, but in our third pick we took a, a center that we they believe to be something. And they've they've they they they've had picks come up through the system and finally have addressed issues. And it was you know a lot of people said Mark Bergevin shouldn't be the one to rebuild this team, and he's ended up rebuilding it. Well, and we're not there yet. We're not there yet, but it's it's getting to a point. They're a competitive hockey team. We're in Co- early. Co- sorry, we're in the end of November. I know, but if you if I've watched them, this is a look. People have called me. You called me crazy for putting them as a wild card spot. Why do you think I, the only reason we had this conversation? The only reason I had them anywhere near was Carey Price, but and that you, actually but, hasn't been it yet. And if you go and watch them, like Carey Price when they played against Washington was unbelievable. Okay, a lot of it break, defensive breakdowns, bad breaks. But when I watch the Habs, they're fun and exciting. That see that's that's the point. And, and, I like and, I'll give you that because I thought they were gonna win. They were gonna win ugly. Two one. And it was gonna suck. And it was gonna the only thing that was gonna be entertaining is how has Carey Price not dislocated a hip, torn a groin, just hold thrown him. out his back. Yeah. Like that's what I figured we were gonna see. And the fact that they actually have been fun to watch. Yeah. They play with speed. Yeah. Do I think they're gonna Probably backslide a little bit. Yes. Yeah, and I expect. Look, I don't expect them to continue on this pace, but I also expect that Carey Price is going to be a different player as the season goes on because he's Carey Price. But you're also going to. He needs help. He needs help, and he's about he's getting help Cause, cause shortly. Like, we we were having this conversation off the air. Mm-hmm. It was a conversation of like, oh, what's wrong with Carey Price? And it's like this year, he's looked pretty good. Yeah. Like you saw that game against the Leafs, that first one where they kind of had their structure down. Mm-hmm. The Leafs were still getting out of the, the first game of the season, right? They skated all like Toronto's a fast team. They're yeah. one of the fastest teams mm-hmm. in the league. They looked slow yeah. against Montreal, yeah. and Carey Price made Carey Price like saves, saves. and he's and been, he's doing those. Yeah. He's he's still making the spectacular saves. He's getting beaten, but it's one of those like it's not like last year where you had weird goals start yeah. to go through. There's been him. a weird goal here and there, but not goals the volume, that, but not the volume that was happening. A lot of it's been defensive breakdowns, but okay, the forwards have been good. They've been scoring. The team has looked better. Even in Laval, the team has looked better. You know who's you know who's playing well? Mike McCarron. <laughs> you know who didn't play well last year? Mike McCarron. I think we talked about him at some point during this podcast about he was not long for this world. He was not, as in like no. he was going to be like in the ECHL. But he's looked good down there, and it's been change. Hey, you know what happens when you but see, get a Peter good coach Shire- in development? Peter Shirelli. Hasn't done that. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you're if you're going to give that, that to Mark, and that's like, where I'm going, I, I and that's say, where I'm yeah, going back. To this I would give that, that to him because I was probably he go knew, back to look, go back to other versions of the other episodes of this podcast yeah. where I crucified him. Yeah, and the other thing too is it, the way the way it is is that in the off season we go back to the off season. Both GMs were in that shit. If we fuck up this year, we're done. Yep. Okay, Mark Bergevin made changes. He got rid of 
They got rid of they got rid of old assistant coaches. They got rid of guys in the AHL. They brought in new staff, some new scouts, new a little bit of everything. Marky B just in the summer yeah. in the gym just by himself summer with the phone. He's, just, he's 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 laying down. He's doing the bench press, and the phone is the receiver he's is just like waiting. attached to the bar. Just waiting. He's just there. He's yep. just waiting for the call. Waiting. <laughs> but then you but then you get Peter Shirelli, who should be fired. Who shouldn't even be on this show. No. This is not a question anywhere. It should be fired. No. Like, la- to, like last year we saw it. Yeah. And this year it's just and I, and I can understand being like, you know what, you made the playoffs the yeah. one year. Maybe last year's the anomaly. We're seeing right now last year was yeah. not the anomaly. And look, I told you that they were the sixth team in this uh, back to back when we looked at our previous I, I scrolled back through the book. Sixth. I had them in sixth. Because I thought they were that because of because of guys like Peter Shirelli and Todd McClellan. Not no fault of Todd McClellan, but also Todd McClellan had good players before. He was Edmonton's coach. He had Joe Thornton. He had Joe Pavelski. He had Logan Couture. He had Patrick Marlowe. Believe Classic he had Brent Burns. Bur- I think he had Burns because Burns. Burns has been there for a long time. So they've had players, and and you know he's never had winning success. Yeah, they won. They in San Jose they won a lot, but was it? They won, you know, the talent in the regular season will win you games. But when you get to the playoffs, the coaching is... Tom McClellan didn't scheme up anything no, for those Tom Sharks McClellan, teams. No, so he's part of the reason. And now Peter Shirelli, he's literally just like he's on the plank. And Todd McClellan should fall get in another the chance because of the what he was given by Peter Shirelli. And, and there be will team. be a team. Peter Shirelli should be done. Yeah. This should be all you need to know. Yeah. Not he's He screwed it up in Boston. He oh, screwed yeah. it up in Edmonton. That team could have been a dynasty. Yeah, D- think about what they got rid of. Yeah, the Nathan Horton injury hurt too. That a big time. They let one. him. They let him walk though. Yeah. Oh, the injury ended up going to. I know Columbus. I know, but maybe he never gets hurt. Well, but see, that's the thing. If maybe he never gets hurt, maybe he's in Boston long term. If he doesn't lose his shoulder in that playoff run yeah. where they win a cup. So now Peter Shirelli gone, should be gone. But Tom McClellan done. Ken Hitchcock comes in. Will it be any better? He's the only one I give that chance. Like, Quenville, because it's Quenville. Quenville. But, it, but in terms of, think about it. Quenville would be the only guy I could think of that you could call in in, in a desperate situation like this, and he mm-hmm. might be able to do it. And that's not because I think he can do it, because I've seen him in a desperate situation. I probably have back in the day in St. Louis, but I was very young. I remember the greatness of Joe Quenville. Mm-hmm. I've seen Ken Hitchcock take tire fires and bring them into the playoffs. Well, I don't know if he does it with this one. I, I don't know I really, that he does I it. Really don't. I'm not saying that he's... I'm not even saying it's 50-50. Mm-hmm. It's below 50-50 that they make the playoffs. The only reason I'm saying they have a chance yeah. is because you went out and got someone like Ken Hitchcock. Yeah. That's the only if reason happens, you even have a chance. Yeah. And again, whoever made this hire of Ken Hitchcock, it's Peter Shirelli or whoever the hell made it, mm-hmm. this looks like a temporary fix because... Ken Hitchcock does not stay in places very long because he wears on people. If he can get you into the playoffs and he saves Shirelli's job somehow, then he probably is the long-term coach until he eventually gets fired because he pisses off his star players like he always does. Mm -hmm. But he might be able to do it. There's not a great chance. Mm. A very bad chance, but maybe. It's also because that Pacific division is completely topsy-turvy and no one's doing anything other than the Sharks. Yeah. So just based on that division... we thought we were going to win this division. And and you're starting to... Like, you're watching the Sharks team. Like, what the fuck is going on with this team? Like, it's weird. (laughs) Now, again, when you... See, it'd be different if it had a bunch of guys coming in because you got to get them... You got to get them acclimated. And I can understand having a star and it's a little different with Carlson and maybe he's trying to defer to Burns... Until this weekend, 
He had no goals. Okay, he had one primary assist. When Freddie Anderson made assist, that assist, an assist is an assist. I don't care. You know what? No, pri- no. Everyone with the primary and the secondary. Look, an assist is an assist. That's the, it's it's whether it's one or two, it doesn't matter. There is no a goal. primary and secondary assist. There look, are great secondary assists, and then there are and there are some fluky and there are some fluky primary lot. assists. There's a, no, but there's a lot more. Look, you advanced analytics guys. Guy. Are so, no, 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 no. I'm not even that. You're I'm not even that big of it. I believe in analytics. Yes, but at the same time. A primary assist where the dude makes the play Look. and dishes it off for the goal compared to it hit me as I crossed the line, went to the guy that set up the play. There's a lot of goals like that to get scored in the NHL, I too. I know. All right. I just call it their goal and assist. Because on the stat sheet, on a normal stat no, sheet. No, I know. But what I'm trying to say goal. is I'm, I'm using this as a thing of you saw what he looked like. Look, and he didn't you know look my the thought. same. Hey, here, I'm going to tell you this much. You take a guy like him. He's also a right-handed shot. Just like Brent Burns. They both can't play right. They both can't be the trigger man on the power play. One's got to play the offside. One's got to play the offside. And there's a bit of a problem. I don't think he's going to resign. Yeah, but you know what what else the issue is? You saw this when the Leafs went at him. Guys aren't afraid of him catching them anymore. Like, Casper Cabinet saw him and was just like, peace. I'm not. I was never. Look. He had this. Eric speed to Carlson chase you down. was never a good defenseman. No, no, you could play him one on one, and you can get around him because he's not that good. Yeah, but he was fast Look, enough that he could. He was fast enough. He wasn't fast enough though to, to, to. He was. He's one of the most overrated Norris defensemen because he's not a true true defenseman. He is a forward playing wing. It's the truth. Tell me when you did you ever see Eric Carlson? Did you ever see Eric Carlson when the Senators were up two to one on the ice? No. Yes. When there's 30 seconds left? Yes. No. They put out their that defensive defense. That entire cup no, run. No. They that put entire out, cup run. They put run. out the defensive defense. That entire cup if run. If it wasn't for Mark Mathot. It wasn't for Mark. It was Mark, him no. and Mathot. No. It was. Yes, it was. Look, Eric Carlson is not. Will you not, pull the tape? Eric Carlson. <laughs> look Eric, at the tape. <laughs> Eric Carlson is not a good defenseman. Eric Carlson is not a defenseman. Sorry. Sorry to break it to everybody. He's the most overrated Norris defenseman to ever win. Because he's not a defenseman. It's a point. It was a point-based trophy. That's what the Norris. The Norris, the Norris has been a point-based trophy. It's not a combination. It it's has n- been. It's not a combination of your defensive game and your ability to help your uh, the offensive side of your team. It's not that anymore. You know it, and I know it. That's <sighs> what it's become, unfortunately, and it's a sad state in the NHL. It is. It's a sad, it's a sad state in the NHL when the guy who there's a guy in the league like Nick Lindstrom. Is one of the greatest defensemen of Nicholas all time. Nick was different, though. And you don't played, get those. And you don't played. get those guys, though. Like, that's like Connor McDavid. Connor you know McDavid I mean? plays both like, sides of the no, puck. No, like, no, no, but like Nick Lindstrom is the type of defenseman that, like, you don't. But that's why he won it all the time. Yeah, I know. Okay. But <laughs> I'm saying is like, you're, you're trying, you're, you're comparing him, like. <laughs> oh, uh, PK plays more defense than Eric Carlson. Drew Doughty plays more defense than Eric Carlson. Drew Doughty, Victor I'll give Hedman. You. Drew Doughty, I'll give you. Victor Hedman. Drew plays. Doughty, I'll give you. Easy on the PK thing. PK plays more defense. Easy on the PK. PK. PK hits. PK plays PK more hits. defense than PK Eric Carlson. Hits. That's the only difference. PK plays more defense the than Eric Carlson. The difference is the physicality of both PK of those players, Subin. and that one of them happens to be your favorite hab ever. No, Carey Price, my favorite hab ever. Okay. Hab ever. That's because he's not hab anymore. He, my yeah, it was always Carey Price. It was Carey Price when he wore those red pads back in oh, 2009, <laughs> 2000. You think I forget these things? No, I know because I, I always bring up the red I, pads. Like I when he brought them out again this year. Yeah, 
But he's actually played okay with the red pads. Hang on a second. I'm pulling up hockey DB here for a second because I want to tell you the uh, uh, where is he? Minus thirty, minus fifteen, minus twenty five. He's minus six this season. You know, plus minus. You know how flawed plus minus is. Do you know who only he's only ever he's been a minus eight? Look. When it's a minus four, minus five, you know, in between. My, when minus when, matters is, yeah, when you get minus 30. That when matters. you're minus 30? That's, that's different. Okay, that is the alarming that's way. That's different. 25, 15, 30. PK plays more defense than Eric Carlson. Facts. Check the hockey DB. <laughs> Not, I'm, I'm just giving you the facts. Just giving you the facts. Who's hockey DB you have pulled up, Eric Carlson? I have both. I have both. Oh, you have both? Yeah. Take a look at PK here. Minus 8, plus 9, plus 12, minus 4, plus 21, plus 4, minus 8 with Nashville, plus 18, and plus 8 right now. Thank you. Plus Thank minus you. is not a... Next. You know who's Thank always you. a plus? Martin Marinson. Okay? Who? You want to talk? Exactly. Does he even... Doesn't he play Don't just ask me how he's Buffalo? always a plus. Don't like, ask me how he's always, always a plus. Against but Buffalo. he is. Okay? And... Because he steps on the ice as the goal uh, gets scored. You know we're not going to talk about this because if we start talking about Marty Marinson, we're going to have problems. I'm going to be angry. <laughs> Anyways, I, 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 I do enjoy analytics, but nothing, quickly, nothing justifies quick, Marty quickly, Marinson. Quickly on another te- another another, what the fuck is going on there? Uh, the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Um, firing. No no surprise to fire Mike Yo. Yes. Because we've been calling for Mike Yo's head for a long time because he isn't doing a good job. That was the one where and we they, got Quinville hey, returns to Quinville's going to go there. Let's do Joe Quenville. Makes sense. We're a team that's trying to win right now with these moves. And what do we do? Craig Berube. Craig Berube. You know, you know what's funny? The first time when I saw Berube, you know the first name that popped into my head was? Who? Jean-Francois, the goalie. I was like, he's a coach now? <laughs> oh, Berube. Yeah. yeah. I literally was like, he's a coach? What? The? And then it was like, Craig Berube. Oh, Craig Berube. When was the last time he was in the league? <laughs> Ten years ago was the last time he was a head coach. Oh my god, when was he coaching? It was a long time ago. He was a head coach back in 2013, 2014. Oh, so I thought it was in the aughts. It was ju- okay. It was okay. in the teens still. For two years, he was the Philadelphia Flyers coach. Mm-hmm. Third in the Metro, lost in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Following year, sixth in the Metro, missed the playoffs, fired, out of the league. Probably ran around with. Although some I have a, I have a bad feeling that's probably like when the Flyers goaltenders were like Michael Layton. <laughs> probably. And, so no, it, it, no, it was it was far after that. Trust me, Michael Layton is twenty. That was that was eleven twenty twelve, and he was what 13, 14? 13, 14. So I don't think I don't think Layton was around. Been there. Might have been Boucher. You remember how it, that, that organization with goalies? It's just I mean? a disaster. It's a okay? disaster. It's a disaster. But it's like the Browns with quarterbacks. But it's, when it's you a look zone. at that St. Louis team, the difference is like when you're going to ins- institute a new head coach, that team has a lot more talent than they're getting use out of. Yeah, Vladimir Tarasenko is ridiculous. Braden Shen, okay, is he going to be exactly like what he was next year? No, you expect a little step back, but yeah. not, not this. Can I tell you something? This- Ryan O'Reilly? Yeah, like you went all in. Okay, you went all in the moment you went and traded for Ryan O'Reilly, and this is your move. This is the move. Not Joe Quenville, the guy that's won. Look, if you got to pay as a head coach, raise beer prices by a dollar, you'll have it in a year. Don't worry. If you go to the cup finals, everybody forgets that you spent $6 million. You you hired this. You hired. You brought on. It's not brought on because he's already on the staff. You, you, you promote him to head coach. 
And in case you haven't realized, they're not very good, St. Louis. And it's not that they're not very good talent-wise. No, they they're not very good of executing because the coaching staff isn't getting what they need to. Ken Hitchcock. There's a guy taking shots in the parking lot of Soldier Field that you could have gone to ask. Oh, yeah. Joe that Pebble. was actually a great video. Okay. With the shot ski. Yeah. Oh. Like, what are you doing? Coach Q looks nice and relaxed. St. Louis, look, this is your opportunity. And he used to coach there. It'd be the perfect homecoming. Bring him home. No. It's November, too. Bring the mustache back. He's already got the mustache. No, no, but you bring him back. You bring the mustache back. You had mustaches to your fans. You turn it into a thing. Free mustache day at the stadium. Or the the rink. It was ridiculous. Now, pivot now to baseball. Yes. I guess we'll... You want the floor for oh, this one? Oh, can it? I just want to, hang on, I just want to check something real quick. Hang on. Hang on a second. If you're Googling whether or not maple trees grow Do in New York maple State. maple trees grow in New York? Sugar maple. Sugar maple. Sugar maple. It's actually, you know what's funny? It's the New York State tree. Is it close? Last year he had a career high 160 innings, so maybe the (laughs) 30 year olds can um, pitch more than that for you. Well, over he's got 121, 136, 160. He's He's band aid. And he's phenomenal. Okay, before before I and he also doesn't have to pitch in Seattle. That's actually a great place to pitch. It's a huge stadium. Yeah, but you know, it's a perfect pitcher's park. Did he ever no hit in Seattle? Oh. Oh, wait a minute. There's a team that, you know, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Bastard. Right there. Look, all right, here, all right. Yankees acquired uh, James Paxton. Big maple. That's why I was looking up if maple trees grow in New York. And they kind of do. Sugar maple kind of counts. Kind of. No. Disgusted. Steven is so disgusted. Dis- Steven was probably so upset yesterday when when James Paxton, he just saw James Paxton traded to the Yankees. You That's probably Steven's happy, second you know worst thing. make me happy? I saw James Paxton. I saw the return, and, and then I thought, awesome, they're not getting Corey Kluber. <laughs> that was serious. <laughs> well, that was my thought process. I th- well, because they, they were asking the Corey Kluber deal, both Justice Sheffield and Estevan Flores. Florial? Florial, whatever Florial is. Florial. I thought in order to, I've said it on this podcast multiple times. I figured in order to get him, you were going to have to give up Glaber or Andar. And they're not giving him up. Yeah. They're not going to give up the super rookies. And they're not going to give up the. Corey Kluber is a a top three Cy Young mm-hmm. finalist every now, single I don't know year. If you, I don't know if you saw, but there was a certain other New York team that might be trading away a certain mythical character. Because he's not yes, re- for some reason he's going to end up in the Padres. Don't ask me why, <laughs> but every time anyone brings up Thor, the Padres keep offering <laughs> more things happens, for him. If that happens. The Padres are the Padres. Like you want to talk about the Browns forever? The like, Padres. Like, all right, we finally we, we traded for Will Myers. We signed our first baseman. He actually wants to stay here. And then you know what we're going to do? We're going to turn around and give even more money to another first baseman. <laughs> yeah. And Eric Hosmer. Yeah. Before we're ready to win, and then move Will Myers into the outfield. Because I mean that that hasn't failed before. <laughs> but anyways, back to the back to the Yankees uh, trading for James Paxton here. Uh, a big fan of the deal. the The good news is he's not even he's not. This isn't he doesn't have to be the number one guy. 
No, he's probably going to be the number three. He'll be the number three right behind Tanaka. It'll be Seve, Tanaka, Big Maple, and what I hope is Jay Happ. Yeah, uh, well, I heard Michael K talking. They actually did a whole bit once thing got traded there about oh, who is it going to be, Hap or Patrick Corbin? Oh, I forgot about Patrick Corbin too. Yeah. That's who I forgot. And it's about. funny their, their See, argument was Corbin's younger, but we know what Hap is. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's the 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 changing of leagues. You you would also want to smartly sign the old guy to maybe a really short term contract yeah. instead of signing Patrick Corbin to something long term. Well, the other thing too is a guy who's been who's been sort of forgotten about in New York and. I haven't forgotten about him because he was really good during his rookie season and unfortunately had injury issues this year. But uh, Jordan Montgomery. He's not going to be back until like late next year. Oh, they're saying late next year? He, he, got he hurt. tore his UCL in season and like. Oh, he tore it like in April. Because nah, I remember was, I watched. It was in the May. I had him in fantasy. Maybe this May. Year. Was it I May? Because I got a few okay, starts so out of him. June? We'll call it June. June, July. Okay. You know it's you know actually great? He'll be healthy just in time for the James Paxton injury. Well, now before I, I like rip on James Paxton, he actually is a phenomenal pitcher. He is Canadian draft pick of the Blue Jays. He did not sign, and then went to Seattle because yeah. Um, Want a hug? He he's injury prone. He is. When he's healthy, though, he's phenomenal. He is one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball when he's healthy. Can he stay healthy? And also, York's kind of tough on guys. You get hurt. You don't do so well. See what happens with James Paxton in Yankee uniform. But if I'm the Yankees, I'm going to go get a lefty that throws 100 because I have a short porch in right field. So I'm going to make sure that any any other lefties that are playing against me can take advantage of it like I'm going to mm-hmm. with a lefty-heavy lineup like the Yankees always have. But they're going to have a righty soon. Oh, That's yeah. what you think. That's what a lot of people think. Anyways, I'm, uh, you know what? I'm excited for the uh, James Paxton signing. Nice number three. Could be potentially number four. Depending on what happens with App and with App or Corbin, and then this, this to me to the Yankees getting given up just to Sheffield, it maybe came down they they maybe believe a little bit in Chance Adams. Who Did came up you from, remember seeing Chance Adams? Yeah, he also played one game against Boston in Boston, which is pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Not great. I'm not. Like, it wasn't as good as Ryan Brucky. Well, Ryan Brucky wasn't very good. Ryan Brucky sucked against Boston, though. Mm. That's actually the only team that he was bad against. He was so quite good. He'll never play against Boston ever again. Nah, no, they, actually, he he figured it's it out. Young by arms. Him. It's it's yeah. a young arm, and you never know what can happen. But with the Yankees doing this, this is a you know, it's a play. And the, the, I know that Brian Cashman's not done. And I told you, Brian Cashman's not just you know out there fishing. I'm just gonna say this right now. If he signs Bryce Harper, I fucking quit. I think I actually said this last yeah, podcast. Yeah. I think I might have said this now three podcasts in a row. Yeah, you're trying if to Bryce say- Harper plays first base for the fucking Yankees, I quit. <laughs> Baseball's my. Fa- I love baseball. Like I love baseball. I watch. I don't just watch Blue Jays baseball. When I'm at work here and I need to kill time, baseball. <laughs> like, can I tell you something? Do you Hell, know I watch. I watch AFL. I, I, I seriously watch AFL games when they stream them. Do you know what I pray? <laughs> do you know what I pray for? What I what I pray for is I pray for when we're recording this podcast that both our phones go off at the same time. We look down and we see Bryce Harper is signed with the New York Yankees because I think polar that, opposites of reaction because it would be so perfect. It would be such a great moment in time. 
then we could freeze. And I will feel so good when he signs with anyone other than the Yankees. Is that a, is it going to be weird watching him just crank dingers? Because he did. No, seven, I told you I quit. He, he might hit seventy home I quit. runs. He I quit. Did, he did seventy I home runs. I quit. I told you it's over. <laughs> Baseball doesn't exist anymore. Okay, I've loved it my entire life. I'm almost twenty eight years old. I quit. Pulling the shoot. Just fucking pulling the shoot. Mid, midstream going a thousand miles an hour. You know, you know all I'm gonna do then? I'm just gonna watch Vladdy highlights. <laughs> Vladdy Jr. highlights. That's Even, it. Not games. Just the highlights. Look. Living my own little if world. I there. Never quit ho- if I never quit loving the Montreal Canadiens after they traded PK Subban, you'll never I'm not gonna quit. You you'll never me. quit a, baseball. I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. You'll I think just, that's all I need to say. You'll just never you know what you know what you won't do? Is you'll try to watch no Yankee highlights. And that when they play the when they play the Jays, it'll be a blackout game that you won't even know anything about. Yeah, I'll end up watching them. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like okay, okay, big okay. maple. You know what Brian Cashman's doing? He's going big game hunting. He's not looking for. He's not looking for little fish. You know what? You can have Manny Machado, and then hopefully he somehow nah, nah, blows, the, Manny. blows the locker Manny. room up on the inside. Nah, 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 I want Bryce. Manny, Manny's gonna be. You know what Manny's gonna be? Manny's gonna be the secret agent. He's gonna get Bryce. in there. He's gonna get in deep. Cause some issues. I need Bryce. You know what? Bryce just signed a deal with a beard company for exfoliants and, and different products for his beard. Can't have that in New York. The offseason exactly. he can. He only has to be clean shaven during games. And I'm pretty sure Bryce Harper can grow a beard in about three seconds. Okay, if Bryce Harper goes to the Yankees, I hope he breaks all of wow, the Yankee that's traditions. Mean, that's mean. Beard, everything. He won't. Everything. You know why? Long hair. Because Bryce Harper wants to win just as bad as anybody else. Yeah, it's Bryce Harper, though. I, um, the long hair, the... And you know the but, Yankees might not... Actually, I hope he busts out a mustache just to handle Because you know what the Yankees are going to do, right? They're just going to show him a picture of Babe Ruth and say, hey, see this guy? You can be exactly like him. He's going to pitch, too. He might pitch. Maybe Otani? <laughs> From the left side? Otani's never going to pitch again in the majors. Yeah, he will. No, he will. We might have to put, might have to put a wager out this. We might. Anyways, <laughs> on to... Uh, on to... Um, a sadder note? Well, first... Kind of sad note? Yeah, this is actually this is a, this is a pretty sad note. Adrian Beltre mm-hmm. is retiring from the game of baseball. You might remember Adrian Beltre as the guy who doesn't like his head touched when he hits home runs. However, Adrian Beltre is one of the greatest third basemen in the history of this game. Adrian Beltre. I was looking at this earlier. This is a stat that comes from the Ace of Spader. He's an excellent follow if you like baseball. He's a great stats guy. He's part of two clubs that are almost impossible to join in baseball. He's part of the 3,000 hit club. He's also part of the 5,000 total basis club. Now, if you're not 100% sure what the the 5,000 total basis club is... That's to do with extra base hits, so doubles, triples, home runs. The fact is, that not only could he hit for average, my God, could he hit for power. So here are the numbers. Oh, wrong tweet. Different numbers. Here are the numbers. So in the history of baseball, and remember, this is a game that goes back into the early, <laughs> into the mid-1800s. 32 players have 3,000 hits. 21 players have 5,000 total bases. Adrian Beltre is one of 15 that has them combined. And he leads every single one of them in defensive runs saved. 
And if that sounds like gibberish to you, essentially what I'm trying to say is one of the greatest hitters of his generation might also be one of, if not the best defender of his generation. Mm-hmm. Adrian Beltre was special. And you know what? You want to take just, just like, he's, <laughs> he was such a joy to watch. And it's little things like, I don't know if you remember this, but I certainly do. Game in Texas, late one night. Adrian Beltre always likes to stand pretty close to home plate. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have a thing for the uh, standing in the on-deck circle. Oh, and he got thrown out. I remember that. So an umpire told him to get in the on-deck circle. Adrian Beltre responded with dragging the on-deck circle towards him behind home plate and got thrown out of the game. And it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And he's quirky. He doesn't like people touching his head. Yeah. Not only is he one of the greatest players I've ever seen, he was one of the most fun to yeah. watch. And I think he was well-respected because you could see when he, oh, when yeah. he hit 3,000, uh, Felix Hernandez, when he got the pitch against him. And those guys. Bef- were... Before he even threw oh, the pitch, yeah. he went up to him and he, he congratulated him. And you don't see that very often. It's one of the rare things. And, you know, numbers-wise... Okay, not just not just numbers wise, but you know, Beltre was he's a four time silver slugger, five time gold glover, two time platinum glover. Like if you don't know what a platinum glove is, that means you were the best defender in baseball yeah. that year. And four hundred and seventy seven homers, over seventeen thousand seventeen hundred RBI, hundred and twenty one stolen bags, not you know, and Belcher's not a small guy. No, he okay. is not. He's a big fella. Especially nowadays. <laughs> okay. 31, 31, uh, 3,166 hits. You know, where's his, uh, where's his batting? Where's his batting? Right there. Uh, his on-base percentage was 339, slugging 480, an OPS of 819, like 286 average. Like, he did a lot of things. And, and you know, and it's not like – just anything, even like in MVP voting, one, two, three, four, five, eight years, eight years of his career, he was a vote in an MVP. The closest he got was in 2000 and I believe that's four. The last year with the Dodgers was ridiculous. Yeah, the last year with the Dodgers, dingers. you know, that's uh, when he was. Let me just let me just read you his stat line since I have fan graphs up from that 2004 year. Adrian Beltre. Hit 334 with a 388 on base and a 629 yeah. slug. He's um, he he is honestly like, unbelievable player. You know he's worth 9.7 Fangraphs WAR that season. 9.7. He probably could have still th- played a year. Yeah. Not like he put a bad number. He got two hit 273. The on base like the walks kind of cratered and the strikeouts were the highest they've ever been. That. It's actually kind of nice that he went out like he went out not being completely broken down. Don't be a broken because there were times this year where you saw him play. I remember having this conversation with a friend of mine, mm-hmm. Diener, if you're listening. We were watching. It was actually a, a series. It wasn't against the Jays. I don't know who we were watching, but we were watching uh, a Texas series, and we were talking about. Man, I think this is kind of the the end for Beltre. Yeah, and then it was like, ah, oh, but I don't want to see him go. And we were kind of having that fight of, like, what's what's the game going to be like without him because. Adrian Beltre made his debut in 1998. Jeez. Like, we're going back to like the beginning of my baseball watching time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and we were talking about this with and, hockey and in the Hall of Fame. Like, we're seeing our, or no, football in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. We're starting to see the guys we grew up watching mm-hmm. retire yeah. and get to that point. 
And I think what's the most interesting thing is that it's better. They always say it's better to get out a year early yeah. than a year before. And with a guy like Carlos getting out the year, I guess the year early, you know, he could still, I think he could Carlos. still, sorry. I was sorry. so confused for a second. Sorry. I got my, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I don't know why I just thought. Of I made, trust me, I've made plenty of those. I'm like, huh? I'm like, what? And I realized like how I'm like, what am I saying here? <laughs> um, with Adrian, I'm going to say it. Potentially should be, probably will be first ballot hall of favor. I think he should be. Can't I think, see. I think it, all, like, all the numbers we've listed off, how is he not? Over 3,000 hits, almost 500 home runs, over 1,700 RBI. You know, his average is good. He's been a platinum glover, gold glover, silver slugger, like all those things. You know, no MVP, but really, who cares? He, he's been, he went but, to back-to-back World Series with those Rangers yeah, teams like, that didn't win. And he was a big part of those, too. Okay. Yeah. All right, so... There's a point now that it's, hey, and if, when his time comes, he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And the thing is, I forget, like, looking at his fan graphs number, that last year with the Mariners, people thought he was done. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Boston, which we'll just forget that that ever happened. <laughs> Destroyed it. Then went to the Rangers and extended his career by one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. Eight years. We thought he was done eight years. Some ago. guys, you know what? It's some guys just get that you know a little bit of juice left, and you get the right. You know, you're playing in Texas. Texas is a nice, nice, nice place to nice play. Nice power stadium too. Power stadium. You know, it's beautiful weather all the time in Texas. It's and really- while he was at his peak, that team was a contender. Yeah. And you saw last year when Adrian Beltre took the step back, the whole team mm-hmm. did. And I think he did also too retiring. I think he would like to retire a Texas Ranger, just be done with he it. He seemed to like it there. He, he seemed it. to really, yeah. He and I he and I also it. don't think he wants to go through a rebuild that the Rangers oh, are no. currently yeah, going to exactly. go through. So I don't blame him. Well, for he me. was the one who was saying they didn't want to sell off pieces two years ago. Yeah, he want he was telling them he wanted them to get more pieces. Let's go for the playoff. Let's let's, let's do. Keep, essentially, I ain't got many years left, boys. Can you at least try and get me to one. Yeah, just get me to one. Get me back. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of other Hall of Famers, we have learned of the, well, we knew these people were going to be on the ballot, mm-hmm. but it's official now. And we're talking about the new entries for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes. Number one, I'm close to your heart. Basically, terrible memories for me. <laughs> Mariano Rivera. Mm-hmm. Mo. Enter Sandman. Hates the song, by the way. Really? He didn't know what the song meant. Remember, he grew up in the Dominican. That's true. So he had no idea. And he's <laughs> it's very Metallica. Really, man listens to Christian rock. Oh, oh sorry, my God. he's not Dominican. Sorry, Panama. Excuse me. Um, he's Panamanian. Yeah, Panamanian. And uh, he didn't know what it meant. Didn't understand the song. He knew it just played and just he came out and he did his thing. And he put him to sleep. And he put him to sleep. But he had no idea what it actually meant. And then somebody told him one day and he almost like... He almost like cut yeah, it off? Yeah, he almost cut put it off. Put an end to it? Uh, he kept it. <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, I actually didn't know that. Imagine that. There you go. A little, little tidbit. But um, but he's the record holder. Like When you think of closers, you think of Mariano Rivera. I know Trevor Hoffman just made... Um, the Hall of Fame, and he was the one who originally had that unbreakable closers saves record. <laughs> Mo Blue passed it by over a hundred. Yeah. He finished with f- six hundred and fifty-two saves. Mm-hmm. And here, this might be the most impressive stat of his entire career. 
His postseason ERA was point seven zero. Yep. That is ridiculous. And this is a man who gave up one of the most famous stupid little dribblers I've ever seen. They play shallow. When the, yeah. They play too shallow. When the Arizona Diamondbacks walked them off. If they play in their normal position, they, they, they get to the next inning and it's over. But you play too shallow because you thought he was going to bunt. I don't mm-hmm. know why you thought he was going to bunt. Why? It was two outs. Was it two outs? I think it was two outs. If I'm not mistaken, it was two outs. Yeah, because that, the- that out. Well, actually, I can't remember because I always just remember. Over the head, and then Matt Williams and everyone screaming and losing their minds. It's the worst. It's one of the worst losses. Great. That's probably that's that's actually started as the second worst loss. I don't talk about the first worst loss. Really? There's worse. What is it? What's what was the worst I don't loss? Want to talk about. Are we talking about the air? The time? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. Oh, I think I remember that series. With Pedro Martinez. <laughs> someone, someone's daddy. But that's wanna, all we'll say. I don't, I don't want to talk. All we'll say. That was the as next. much as you you've given me some digs, you've also been pretty nice about a few things. That was the Bob next in the Super Bowl. Neither of those things happened. Last, Never happened. That was actually the year before the "Who's Your Daddy" thing. Was it really? That was the year before. I thought that was the same mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. The year before. I'll give this to you since I remember. It was a child, and it, it wasn't my team. It, it, the most I think the most interesting thing of Mariano Rivera's career was his first year. When he was a starter. When he was a starter. Yeah. He five, was five, five, one. He was so bad. What's what happens when all you do is throw the cutter? Yeah. But it's all he could do. I don't know what it was. Something transitioned him to the bullpen. And yeah. And they said, just throw the cutter and just, throw it as hard as you can. Yeah. And was one, uh, and is to me the greatest closer of all time. Yeah. And I think it's pretty. It's, and it's he cut should, and dry. I can't see why he's not going to be a first battle Hall of Famer. It's, it's, it's because he's a closer, but at the same time, we were having this conversation off air. Yeah. When you think of the closer, yeah. you think of Mariano Rivera. That's well, just the first thing that comes into my mind. I don't think it's the Baseball Hall of Fame, at least, but I think in the Football Hall of Fame, they always ask the question, when you're writing the NFL history books, can you write it without insert player here? No. 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 And you can't do it without Mariano Rivera. No. It's not possible. Okay. And then the other guy you probably should... The next guy, the other guy on the list who I know is near and dear to your heart and who I think is one of the best pitchers that I ever saw. Oh, yeah. Is Roy Halladay. The oh, Doc. Man. Watching I've, Doc. Like you sometimes, like we watched, you watched highlights like that they showed at the start of this year. And I'm like, oh, you almost forget how good he was. I will. And like, he just went about his business. Like I'll, normal- never, I'll never forget that because I was I was young when Halladay was a Blue Jay and the team's were so bad. They had a couple of years where they were kind of okay, like Troy Gloss and shit. But Troy Gloss and Frank Thomas, maybe. they were okay. Yeah, but they they weren't good. They weren't going to make a playoff team because they were against these just ridiculous players. Halliday was the first thing that I know was an ace. I saw it every day, every fifth day. You had usually lost two or three games. You were about to go down a losing streak. Roy Halliday put a stop to it. The Blue Jays were bad, but they were never god-awful in mm-hmm. those years. You want to know why? Because he put a stop to it every single time. I had this conversation with you, though, about Halliday. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the classic Hall of Fame pitcher's numbers, but there's a reason for that. He doesn't have the 300 wins. But I don't think we're ever going to see guys with 300 the, wins Exactly. Anymore. Something that he has, though, is another Ace of Spader stat, and this one blows my mind. 
the active MLB lead. He's not active, but of, of all the players since 2009, mm-hmm. Roy Halladay still leads in complete games. Yeah. So players, if you were a rookie in 2009, say you've been in the league for nine years, going on 10 this year. Roy Halladay in his time, and he retired not soon after, still leads in complete games. Yeah. I think he was that la- he was that first, he was the bridge the gap pitcher. I was talking to you about this. Guys like Roy Halladay and Chris Carpenter, mm-hmm. they're not gonna have 300 wins, but you'll never see someone finish games like that again. Not no. the way pitching is gone. Maybe not Jacob now, it's max De- effort. Maybe Jacob DeGrom. But not finish games like that. Not even Jacob DeGrom. And you saw this, Jason, Jacob DeGrom is the only reason the Mets won any games. Yeah. And they, they like for his poor soul, <laughs> he allowed two runs or less, 26 straight the, times. At least he got the Cy Young for his Damn his straight. Score. We should've, talked about this. Should have been. I didn't see it. Like, I, I will say with, with Roy Holiday is, is the one thing people even, when you look at the voting for Cy Young, he's, one, he's got two Cy Youngs. Which is impressive, mm-hmm. let alone. But in he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In seven years of the where he received votes in the Cy Young, he was never voted lower than fifth. And two times he was the second guy. And in twenty eleven, the year after he won, he was the second one. And in his third last year in Toronto, he was second. Mm-hmm. And he was third one year too. I remember, I remember one of those years he was second because he broke his fucking leg because Kevin Mench hit a liner at him. Yeah. It's the only reason I remember Kevin Mench's name. <laughs> so, you know. The, he the, didn't do it on purpose when I say hit a liner I, at him. He hit a, a comeback right I, back at him. I could be. I, 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 we could see both Halliday and Rivera both go in this year. Guys, we're probably not going to see because it's just going to probably be another few more years, but they really should be there is the Rocket, Roger Clemens. We seem to play for everybody and their yep. mother. But basically the entire AL East. Ex- yeah. Well, except, okay. bo- except the trash person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Did he play for Tampa, actually? At the very oh, end. Oh, no, sorry. No, he didn't play Tampa. for Tampa either. Yeah, Tampa was new, though. Well, that was and, different, though. Yeah, Tampa wasn't. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the home run king, Barry Bonds. I'm of the mind that they, I know they both did steroids. We'll get into this. I think we can get into but, this whole this, the steroids thing and how I th- I think you have the same mindset as me that baseball is wrong in the sense of keeping these guys out of the Hall of Fame because after the strike, baseball was not a popular sport. People did not want to watch baseball because before before the strike in 94, baseball was one of the most popular sports. And after the strike, it became one of the least popular sports. Yep. But did you know what saved it? The long ball. The long ball. Chick stig, the long yeah, ball. Yeah, you remember that commercial. Oh, I remember the commercial. Glavin and Maddox with the glass. Yeah, we got Cy Young winners over yeah. here. <laughs> Such a great commercial. So good. And Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And for part of that race, which was the most impressive thing, is Ken Griffey Jr. Until he kind of fell off because he didn't have the... The juice. The juice. And I'm not using your air quotes there. You didn't have the juice. <laughs> no. But then, you know, you had Barry Bonds basically just cut a rocket through all of it and <laughs> assault the the record books. Oh, yeah. And, and, and was brought out of the league. Like, look at Barry Bonds' last active season and tell me he couldn't have been a DH. Because Tampa almost signed him as a DH that year they went to the World Series. 
Read those numbers out and tell me you don't think that could have been a DH in the in the AL East. And imagine him hitting at Yankee Stadium 70, with a left-handed 75 swing. runs, 94 hits. He had tw- 14 doubles for a man his size impressive. 28 bombs, 66 RBI, 132 base on balls. Now the most now the most impressive. <laughs> what's his average in his on base? His average was 276 and his on base percentage was 480. 480. He was still almost on base one every two times. He was his on base was better than the two years previous, too. That was one of his best on base. That's the funny thing. He could have played. Well, you know what it was? Guys weren't pitching to him. They didn't want him to get the record off them. That's why that's why it's so high that year. The one year that's the fucking it's just the balloon. Oh, the seventy, yeah. The the two thousand four we had two hundred and thirty two walks. Read his OPS. His OPS. Go down, go down, scroll down to the next half. One point four two two. Fourteen twenty two was his fourteen nine hundred is Hall of Fame. Is elite. A thousand is like Mickey Mantle. You'll never see that. He went fourteen twenty two. It's insane. Hang on. One, two, three, four. Four years back to back, four years in a row he was the MVP. Man deserves Bill Hall of Fame. Can't okay. about the juice. You talk talk about. Can, can you write the record books? No, it doesn't matter. You, no, no, sorry, can't 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 do it. But that's that. We'll one see. one last thing before we uh, we make the final transition. And I just noticed this because I was watching the highlights of Mo. He'll be the last one that goes into the Hall of Fame wearing number. Oh, 42. that's right. Right, he was old enough to have it grandfathered that he could keep the number because they, the they hadn't retired. I hadn't, they hadn't put the rule in, so they he was the last guy and he wore it. And it was amazing. That's pretty damn cool. Pretty damn cool. And like the Yankees are gonna have the, the retired numbers, so there's 42 for Jackie Robinson because every stadium in the MLB oh, they, has it. They already retired his. I know, I know, but how it's, it's 242. 242s. 242. 242. It's pretty cool. Could be the name of good band. I hate the Yankees, and I still think that's pretty cool. Yeah, but I also love baseball. It's probably why, which is the hundred percent why I can't quit. But there will be anger you'll never if that quit. Happens. You'll never quit. It won't happen though. I won't have to get to that point. No. Um, do you want to talk to Alex Smith, or do you want to just get to it in the picks? Well, just quickly talk about the Alex Smith injury. And just like what the oh, ridiculousness of it, like of the coincidence of Joe Theismann's in the building. It's been 33 years to the day since Lawrence Taylor broke his leg and ended his career. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you are a very young football fan because this is a very well-talked-about subject. You type in Joe Theismann in Google, and I guarantee the first thing that pops up is Joe Theismann broken leg. 100%. You know... We we rag on Alex Smith a lot for being yeah, playing yogurt. I'll say okay. like flat out. I give him a lot of shit for bling, being plain yogurt, and I saw this, and you don't wish this on anyone. Okay, but uh, we'll read you the that Alex Smith and Joe Theismann both had the same leg snapped on the same exact day of the year on the same yard line games that ended with the same exact score while being tackled. By the only three-time defensive players of the year in the NFL, Lawrence Taylor, J.J. Watt, and J.J. Watt is the fucking like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, you saw his tweet. He was. You would never look. He didn't do it on purpose. You would never do it on purpose. Hell, even LT, who was a lunatic, you see the reaction the second it happens. Like 
LT was a lunatic. If you yeah. don't know who I'm talking about, it's not LaDainian Tomlinson. No. <laughs> it's Lawrence Taylor. It's the original. And that was the craziest outside. He is the scariest outside linebacker ever. Yes. That includes James Harris. That includes everybody. Batman. Everybody. He's smoking crack. He's still killing people. Yeah. Can't stop LT. But even he saw what he did and was like, please, if you watch the video, he's jumping up and down screaming yeah. to get people towards yeah. him because he Im- knows what he just did. I, I cannot imagine the pain that Alex Smith had. In that moment oh, where it God. happened. And we, look, I honestly thought the way the, the way the Redskins were playing, they're the way Alex the Smith, they were going to win this division because you want to know something, Alex Smith was, he's not, it's not a sexy quarterback. I kept saying it as a joke. These are the games they win. Yeah. And, These are the and, games they and win. And they continued to win. And now, unfortunately, Alex Smith, is, his season is done. Career up in the air 100%. Because, 34 years old and yeah. the amount of rehab that it's, it's he's a spiral it, fracture, so it, it it fractured twisting. Yeah. He broke his tibia, his fibia, he had a compound fracture, it broke the skin like it's not no You really cannot break a bone worse than that. No. It's um it's I, I don't I actually don't think it's possible. Other it, than if you had like a I don't know, like a fucking cement roller, like those mm-hmm. those asphalt rollers roll over you. That's tough. Very tough for Alex like, Smith. That's <sighs> Uh, that you know what we 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 do rag on Alex Smith, but that 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 hurt. I would hope he can get back. Yeah, you know what? Like, I would actually look. I, I joke about it. Now. I don't want to watch Alex Smith play football. I want to be able to turn my TV on next year. Yeah, and see him throw the football. Yeah, I I, I rag on guys all the time. You don't wish it. We you don't, don't want you, that we, to nobody, happen. Nobody, nobody NFL, wishes that. Nobody wishes. Injury. And if you do, you got some problems. Yeah, you got some serious problems. You should go seek help. Because you are probably a danger to yourself and others. Mm-hmm. But anyways. On to our weekly pick segment. Sorry. We are also a danger to ourselves and others. Oh, this is one more for Ange. Good sound. Ooh. You know what that is? That's thick. It's Vegas. That's what they say. That good Vegas paper. And if you're wondering what the ripping sound is, it's... Bullshit! I'm watching Bullshit. slowly rip apart a ticket he made when he was at a sports book in Vegas. So would you like to explain to the people what that ticket yeah, was? So when I was in Vegas, I played a little bit of the I, – I don't typically do it, but over-unders. And I saw the Eagles as 10.5, and, and I said to myself, can the Eagles win 11 games? I mean, they do play in the NFC East. They got to contend with the Cowboys, Alex Smith, and <laughs> Eli. Eli. And I'm like, they can win 11. You know, it'll be tough. Nick Foles won't play the start of the year, but hey, you know what? He'll come back. Uh, sorry, not Nick Foles. Uh, Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz, and they'll be okay. They can win a couple games. Uh, they didn't win any games. Another at six losses, which means my ten and a half is done. Because it's over. Because the all I can win now is ten games. It means my and over the bet. the hook got him. The hook got me. As the hook got us last week. Oof. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. The what only a- good thing about this you did just as bad as I did, <laughs> no. and I still got a plus six lead. So ugly. Oh, we both went. We were bad. We were like three. I think we got three right. I got three. Three. Yep. We got three right. Yep. That was it. And thank God the Rams covered. <laughs> thank God. That's bullshit. Or else I would have been a two. I made my pick in the in the thought process of, hey, this is going to be the game that's in Mexico City where it was going to be ugly. Now the teams both scored like a million fucking points. Because it was in L.A. Because it was in L.A., but whatever. Although, I mean, the smog. Yeah. <laughs> been close. L.A., Mexico City. Anyways. Um, 
Thursday, we got three games because it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, baby. Happy, bur- happy. I was gonna say happy birthday happy to America. Birthday. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving to all the oh, Americans, American listeners. And I might. Ooh. Uh, and guess what time games start? Twelve thirty. So you'll be waking up, feeling refreshed. Maybe have a little breakfast. Maybe I was you- also about to figure out if we might also have that day off. I might do an American Thanksgiving myself. Ooh, might have to get some people together. That sounds like a plan. Get a turkey going, some stuffing. But uh, the Detroit Lions forever rebuilding since nineteen whatever. Uh, the four, they're four and six, three and a half point under. Dogs taking on the seven and three Chicago Bears. Oh, give me the Bears all day. Now, I don't think the Bears are as good as they showed against the Vikings. Um, because I had figured I'd actually pick the Vikings, which is probably why we had this three and ten week. Oh, not good. But the Bears are the better team. The Lions are missing offensive linemen. I don't know if you've watched Khalil Mack highlights the last two weeks of him single-handedly pushing over 300-plus pound men with one arm like it's nothing. Matt Stafford, I feel really bad for you. I hope you're okay. Kerryon Johnson's also probably not playing that game because he's got a dinged-up knee, and Marvin Jones might not also play, which means Matt Stafford's not going to have a lot of open guys to throw the ball to. Running for his life. Khalil Mack might eat him. It might happen. So you know I'm taking the Bears. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bears for the the reason of the Bears are going to continue to win. Mitch Trubisky's not a good quarterback, okay, but they have everything else around him. And a great head coach that's an offensive mind that can put him in the right positions exactly. at the right time, plus he can run if he needs to. Yeah. So And he's uh, not like Jimmy G who's going to try and juke back into the field to play no, and tear his ACL. No, 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 no. He won't do that. He's going to go down. The Bears move to 8-3, win this game. And it might lock up this division. Probably embarrass the, the Lions on Thanksgiving because it's Thanksgiving and it's not Thanksgiving without a Although, Lions embarrassment. Matt Stafford on Thanksgiving is ridiculous, so he'll still probably somehow pass for 400 yards. Maybe. Because that's just what he does. But he probably won't score. It'll be like that no, Fitz game where he had like 1,000 yards. Um, the 5-5, five and five, rejuvenated Dallas Cowboys. Seven and a half point favorites. Taking on the 6-4. and four. Colt McCoy led. Washington Redskins. I'm so angry that it's Colt McCoy led because I would want to see this team just get Alex absolutely wins this game. eviscerated. Oh, a hundred percent wins this game because these are the games that he wins. Mm-hmm. He's unfortunately not here. And is oh. take- I want to take the points just because I don't think I don't think Dallas is going to be able to beat them by eight points. I think Dallas is going to win I, this game. I, I, I think they are going to be able to beat him by this many points because of the injury, all this, all the injuries yeah, that have right, happened the to the, line the whole gone. offensive line. Now you have Alex, you have Colt McCoy. We've seen the Colt McCoy show. Yeah, it's not good. The old noodle arm. Okay, it's not very good. Some with the Browns. Yeah, remember that? Oh, I remember it. It was fun times in Pittsburgh. <laughs> fun times. I could imagine. Fun, but I just think that there's going to be a lot of running of a certain man who likes to eat. It'll be him. He'll jump into that stupid fucking into this uh, the, Salvation Army, the Salvation barrel. Army thing. Not stupid. It's not stupid because it's, it's just it's stupid that it's in the end zone like that, and he treats think, it like yeah. a prop. But uh, he'll jump but into now that. You're allowed to, and then we'll <laughs> have them running wild, rough shot all over this team. As the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, they'll probably win this game. So are you taking the points? I think I'm taking the points. All right, Stephen takes. I'm writing it down. Takes Washington. Good luck. Are you taking Washington because you don't have to pick Alex Smith this time? I actually picked Alex Smith a lot. If I you know you did. you did, I actually rode that because I was like, "This is what he does." Uh, speaking of what might turn into a very ugly game, the New Orleans Saints, nine and one, twelve and a half point favorites. This is a big, big fucking spread. Yeah, after last okay. time, big spread. 
The Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, exactly. Four and six. Okay. Uh, look, New Orleans is probably the best team in the NFC. Yes. Okay. But this is in division. Okay. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's going score for score. It's probably going to end up being a field goal game. I'm taking the Falcons with the points. New Orleans is going to win this game. I'm taking the points. New Orleans is probably going to win this game. As much as that, I, you have no idea how much anger there is. Burns. Burns, Stephen Saul. Don't like that. I hate Sean Payton. But like you said, it's a lot of points. For it's too many game. fucking points. Way too many. Not for <laughs> an offense that can really move the ball. And here's a question. Do the New Orleans Saints have anybody that can cover Julio Jones? No. Okay. Do they really have anybody that can cover Calvin Ridley? No. We saw what happened last time. You know who they acquired to try and do it this time? Eli Apple. I hope to God Eli Apple tries to cover Calvin Ridley. If you have Julio Jones, you're laughing. If you are playing Julio Jones this week in fantasy football, I pray for your soul. You're probably going to need more than my prayers, though. And remember what Calvin Ridley did last time they played the Saints? He yep. broke out in a big way. You know who's on my bench because I'm trying to take him in my fantasy football league? Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> That's a smart play for trying to take. Yeah, I got him in my starting lineup. See? <laughs> uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 3-7, three and 3.5-point three and favorites. This game, do not watch. Shed your eyes. Hide your kids. San Francisco 49ers at 2-8. and eight. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 3.5-point favorites. The Bucks are a the favorite. The Bucks are a favorite. I think it's because they're home team. The fact that they're a three and a half. Hey, what I've seen out of Nick Mullins is enough to take a three and a half point. You're gonna give famous Jameis three and a half points. You know he's gonna fuck it up, right? No, I know. That's why you have to give me the points here. Like seriously, you I know- trust Nick Mullins more than I trust Jameis Winston. <laughs> one was undrafted. One was the first overall pick. Yeah, <laughs> one's gonna be in the NFL next year, and one is not. And if you can guess who it is. You get a cookie. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, the Carolina Panthers six and four, three and a half point favorites at home, taking on the five and five Seattle Seahawks. Ooh. Tough game. It's very very tough game, especially considering like the two eggs now that they've. Well, okay, the Panthers didn't lay an egg last week. They went for two, and Cam completely missed it. Yes, he had an open receiver. He had an open receiver in the middle of the field, and for some reason. He saw a guy come free off the edge, wasn't close to him, and decided to panic and throw a jumping, fading... It looked like a fadeaway jump shot. He didn't hold it over his head and shoot it like a basketball, but he jumped and faded away. Why? I don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But that's what Cam did. And he missed a wide-open receiver, and they lost. And the Seahawks are kind of rolling. They're starting to feel pretty good about themselves. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Rashad Penny, that first-round pick. Might be still sitting on your bench. He's doing things all of a sudden. Started him last week. Only only five points. But hey, that's five points. It's actually more. perfect for you. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> you know what? Just stick at that five. I'm okay. Because he's, he's showing potential, but he's not scoring you too many points to lose to win you a week so you can continue to the tank. Yeah. Give me the Seahawks. And you said, wait, they're minus they're three and a half. Minus uh, the, the Carolina. They're plus three Seattle. So they got to. Woo! Give me so, them points. Yeah, I'm going to take the Seahawks here. Wait, three or three and a half? Three and a half. Okay. I just think that. The way Seattle has strung things together of late, they have a little bit of a vibe going, and Carolina sort of has lost their mojo, especially after Ooh, that yeah. Pittsburgh game when they got decimated. And then last week, where you expect, hey, we're going to come out and we're going to, you know, we're going to come out, and we're going to show that, hey, you know what, we got, we're, we're not that team that got killed. Nope. Mm-mm. Just Mm-mm. maybe, maybe they were pretenders. Who knows? Uh, the four and six. 
Philadelphia Eagles. Six and a half point favorites. At home, taking on the three and seven. New York football. Giants. You say six and a half point favorites. Six and a half point favorites. You know, the only thing that makes me want to pick the points is the fact that like every single DB that they have is hurt. And Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham, and oh yeah, Saquon Barkley are on the other side. And as much as I don't really trust, see the issue is the Eagles still have a good pass rush. That's where I, like that's where I'm having the issue right now. Can I tell you this? I'm taking the Giants. I hate the Giants. I don't think the Giants are very good. The Giants just drafted a quarterback. Just drafted some other things before drafting a running back. Give me the Giants. To cover this spread. And just to fuck things up, they're probably going to win this game too. That's where I'm at. Because I'm looking at this this Eagles defense, and like the thing is they're going to be pissed off, so they're going to want to do better. But if you can't cover anyone, if you blitz Eli and he throws a little dump off to Saquon. And you know he's going to. It's the classic Eli. And, and not to mention, if you blitz Eli and he throws the slant to Odell, because that's for three years, Odell barely goes deep because Eli's fucking noodle arm. Well, it's not that it's a noodle arm. He's still got arm strength. He's got zero accuracy. Yeah. It's like when you turn a, a fire hose on <laughs> and you just crank it to full blast, but no one's holding on. That shit's just spraying everywhere. It's got power. He ain't got no accuracy. Yeah. That's Eli. But six and a half points in division. I'll take the points. I will take the points, too. That's just an easy one. Here's another. Here's another ugly game. Baltimore Ravens of five and five who just decided, hey, Ugh. you know what, Joe Flacco's hurt, so we're going to rush a million times. Twenty-seven rushes for your rookie quarterback. Twenty-seven. Not very good. But guess what? They are ten and a half point favorites at Gus home. Gus Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know who they're playing? Who? Oh. Two and eight. Oakland Raiders. <laughs> You say ten and a half points. It's a ten and a half point. That's a big spread. <laughs> I know, and the Raiders just won, but the Raiders are bad. Like so bad. It's the Raiders letdown game. Wouldn't this be the Raiders letdown game? It is. This is a hundred. It's the Raiders game letdown game. It's a hundred percent. You know why they're probably going to lose this game? Because they need to for that number one pick. So that oh, they watch can- no, and you know what? That would actually be something that Gruden would fuck himself out of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get way too competitive, win a game that he shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> like that Cardinals game, won a game that he shouldn't. Shouldn't. I'm. <laughs> I told myself I would never do this. I told myself I would never take them again. Are you taking the Raiders? I'm gonna take the Raiders. I don't oh. think the I don't think the Ravens are that good to cover those points. It's a lot of points for a Ravens team that decided we're gonna rush a million times. If that's what they're gonna do this week, it's not gonna work. See, that's the thing. If they're <laughs> gonna do that again. Like if Joe Flacco Oakland's starts going to be in the game enough to not let it be ten and a half points. Exactly. Exactly. Like that's my issue is like, I don't know what Joe Flacco's situation is. Because if he's if he if plays, Joe Flacco plays, I, I take the Ravens. They're going to win day. by twenty. I take the Ravens. All and Joe day. Flacco's not. It's not that Joe Flacco's good. It's that the Ravens. So the Raiders suck. Yes. And Joe Flacco likes to go deep, and the Raiders can't cover deep, and John Brown can still go deep. Mm-hmm. So they can still do that. I just I have this feeling Lamar Jackson's going to keep playing because they kind of need that, and that's why as much as this pains me, I'm going to take the points, and it makes me sick. Like I, I'm trying to write this down, and I'm like my body is like fighting me. Like, are you sure here? Are you sure? You're sure. We're going to do it, and I'm not going to feel good about it. Neither do I. Neither do I. Ugh. 
the five and five Cincinnati Bengals, three and a half point favorites in the Browns Bowl, taking on the three six and one Cleveland Browns. Give me the points, division matchup, and it's Cincinnati. Like, Alphonse and Gaston, you take it. I don't want it. That's, that's what's gonna happen here. Hugh Jackson <laughs> coaching back for the Bengals against the Browns. But yeah, give me the points. There's there's no chance. I think the Bengals are gonna be able to do it. The only real chance they have, I guess, if is if everyone starts to get help, like AJ Green comes back and like they're kind of good to go. But even then, even then, taking the points. Didn't Cincinnati lose last week? They played the Ravens. The Bungles? The Bungles. The Bungles lost. The Bungles lost. And because, hey, no time like the present for the Browns to start winning, you know they're going to start losing. <laughs> Give me the Bungles. Oh. To win the game and cover the spread. Now, how great would this be is if the Bengals burn you? It's going to be the Bengals burning me. The Bengals always burn me. It's just life. That's how it is. It's a little music plays in the background right now. It's like violin looking, music. Yeah. Jeez. Anyway. Actually, anyway, I wish I would have uh, had this song uh, ready. Just, hello, darkness, my yeah. old friend. It's like slowly zooming into your eyes. We're just going to call You know what? It's the Hugh Jackson revenge game. Call in it now. The Hugh Jackson revenge game. The Hugh Jackson revenge game. game. Who knows Baker Mayfield better than anybody? Hugh Jackson. Who slows Baker Mayfield down better than anybody? Hugh Jackson. Uh, the three and seven Buffalo Bills at home. Three and a half point underdogs. Taking on the very disappointing, not very good. Only have really one player, two players potentially that are worth anything. Three, actually. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars were three and seven. Oh, I'm just ugly. It's this ugly. is probably going to be the return to Josh Allen. It is. It is. Yeah. <sighs> Want to pick the bill? So here's bad. the question to ask you: Does Kelvin Benjamin still play wide receiver? Yes. Or as Booger McFarlane said, he was just a Popeyes biscuit away from being <laughs> a tight end. Yep. And he can't get no separation. Now, is Leonard Fournette playing? Yes. yes. Are the Bills' defense very good? Yes. Yes. Is their offense really bad? Yes. Do I think what happened a couple weeks ago is going to repeat itself? No. Give me the Jaguars to win this game. Cover the spread. Sorry, Bills. You guys need to keep losing anyway. It's be- it's the best thing for you. Let the Jaguars win this game. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Josh Allen gives the people doing. of Buffalo something to believe in. But I'm taking the Jags. I hope I hope I'm wrong. And I hope Josh Allen gives some gives some faith to the nice people of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Go visit them again soon. That fun there. Oh yeah. Uh, the three and seven New York Jets, nine and a half point underdogs. Whoa. Taking on the seven and three New England Patriots. Oh God, it's going to be like they're covering the spread. I know it's nine and a half points. They're covering the spread. Yeah. Like give me the New England Patriots here all day. The New England Patriots lose before their bye week. Yes. Are the New England Patriots coming off a bye week? Yes. Are, Are they the New York the Jets, Jets by thirty after the bye week? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Some easy one. Because like, think about it. Everyone talked about the Patriots. Like, oh man, they lost to the Titans. They're looking bad. Tom's mm-hmm. looking old. It was like the beginning of the season all over again. Yeah. And you know what's gonna happen? Because they play in the they're, NFC, the AFC East. They're playing East. the god awful, the goddamn Jets. Off a bye, they're gonna play the Jets, who might not even have Sam Darnold. They probably won't. Anyway, we already know. We don't have to waste time anymore on that. Uh the seven and three, L.A. Chargers. Just when we believe. <sighs> 
11 and a half point favorites. Oh, fuck. Taking on the two and eight Arizona Cardinals. This game shouldn't even be close. And I kept saying all year, and the Chargers kept burning me. This is a game they're going to lose. They're the Chargers. This is a game they're going to lose. They're the Chargers. This is a game they're going to lose. And what happened last week? You know what? These aren't the same Chargers. They're going to win this week. I think we both doubled down on that fucker. They got you. And what happened? Same old fucking Chargers. So there is zero point. There is zero chance I'm taking them at 11 and a half points. Give me the points. What did I say a couple weeks ago? Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Yep. Give me the Chargers. Win. Cover. (laughs) Gotta be bold. It's bold. The 5-5 and Indianapolis Colts. Still got their ticket alive. Got the Colts. (laughs) Having a lot of sack in like five weeks. They got the Offensive Rookie of the Year in... uh, Wait, Did you Nelson. see that, that the video was doctored? And then they and then because it got so because so the Colts edited. Hey, shock the uh, Colts pumping sound into a stadium. <laughs> yeah, I know the Falcons did it. Fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> um, so they doctored the video to make it seem like he was screaming all the time. Mm-hmm. And then because the video made such circulation and he drops, he his got head, fined. He got get fined iron. for dropping his head at the point of contact on blocks. I'm sure they paid the fine. They don't care. You say better. So probably gave him all the pain pills he's got kicking around in his trunk. Maybe. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the ten and a half point favorites Colts taking on the five and five. Need this Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Did you say the Colts are ten and a half points? Yeah. Oh, I want to pick the Colts so bad, but ten and a half points. <laughs> I'm still taking the Colts ten and a half points. I am too. I have not picked against the Colts at all this year. And if you think this 10 and a half scares me? I think it scares me. Me. No. Colts win. Demolish the, the, the fin. Squish the fish. Squish the fish because they can't get the seven wins. Please. Take it seven That's wins. That's another 10. Oh, you got two? You got two. It's actually, this is like together. This is a big. This is a, this you got two tickets facing off. Yeah. I just need. Yeah. You know what? There's only one way this can go that's good. It's up. <laughs> Uh, the four and six Denver Broncos, three and a half point underdogs at home, taking on the seven and two and one Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to take the Broncos here so bad because of the way that they've managed to stay in these games. Hang around. They, you think uh, Minnesota might want to do over? Might want Case Keenum back. Costs a little less. You know my like. I know what you're gonna pick. I've done. And it I want to pick against you. I've done it all year, but I'm not going to. Ooh. And take the Steelers here to win. No, you the are cover. Picking, but you are picking against me. You know my theory. Sorry, I meant to, like, I, I want to pick with like you, I want to pick against. Sorry, I want to pick against the Steelers because of the theory. No, no, because of be, be, because the way I, I go. Denver is gonna keep close to them. You should do it. I'd like to jump in there with you, but I'm not. I'm take the Steelers. To cover three and a half. You know my theory. Yeah, you your know happiness what? hedge. I was, the happiness hedge, I always bet against the Steelers, even though I know the Steelers are going to win this game because this is a game the Steelers will continue to win and continue to lead the division and in pursuit of home field advantage to make sure everything comes through Heinz Field. 
This is the game they win again. Continue to roll. AB and Ben continue to do AB and Ben things because, you know, the Wi-Fi is lit, bro. There you go. Wasn't really last week. <laughs> Look, Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in the league, and Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in this league, and Jalen Ramsey came to play because he had to because he had to show that, hey, my comments in the summer meant something, but guess what? Also, hey, ben, someone come get me because apparently my dumbass team is yeah. shopping me. But guess what? Ben Roethlisberger still got the W. <laughs> Side eat that W. I was just about to say eat that W. Eat that W. Pull like, James here. Yeah, no, um, the Minnesota Vikings. Why they're again on Sunday Night Football makes no sense. Do not deserve to be five, four, and one. Three and a half point favorites at home, taking on the four, five, and one Green Bay Packers, who probably will fire Mike McCarthy in the season, and not probably should. Oh, this sucks. I tell you what, I'm doing. Minnesota's not a very good team. They couldn't beat the Bears. Kirk Cousins isn't a good quarterback. Yeah, I've said it for so long. That, I know, but this is a game they're going to win because of the Mike McCarthy thing. And Aaron Rodgers alone is going to win this game because he's Aaron Rodgers. Are you telling me, Stephen Artabello, we've come all the way to week 11 in the season, and for the first time all year long, you're going to pick against the bad man Aaron Rodgers? No, because I know what's going to happen while I watch this game. Because you know and I know <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers is going to win this game no, no. and make this division a fucking complete topsy-turvy fuck. Like, I... <laughs> normally, like, I'd stare at one of these games. Like, after what has happened, be all over the Vikings. But if I finally move away from Aaron Rodgers, he's going to do to me what I'm afraid all season he's going to have done to me. Okay? <laughs> so give me the pack. You know I was thinking the pack all day. Oh yeah, no chance. Uh, Monday night football, uh, seven three. The seven and three Houston Texans, four and a half point favorites, taking on the only plain yogurt left in the NFL, the Tennessee Titans and Marcus Mariota at five and four. I feel like this like, this game is actually going to be good. Um, well, Marcus Mariota's hurt. Yes, he is. He left the game. He's probably with an not elbow playing injury. this game. Probably not going to play. And if he's got an elbow injury, he tries to play, he won't be very good. Yeah, remember when he tried to play when he couldn't grip a football earlier this year? Whose idea was that? Nerve damage. He can't really. His hands are tingly. Oh, let's let him throw anyways. It's kind of hard to throw a football with your hands when you can't feel your hands. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson and the seven-game winning streak that this Titans team or this Texans team is on haven't really beaten anybody. And it will continue. Because the Titans aren't really anybody. Exactly. And they're going to win there, too. So give me the Titans. I'm taking the Titans. The Texans. The Texans. I'm taking the Texans. I keep saying Titans. I mean the Texans. Deshaun I'm, Watson. Yeah. Justin, Justin James. Justin James Watt. Exactly. And they were plus three and a half? Plus. Well, no, they're, minus, no, they're three minus three and a half. So Texans. There you go. I didn't write this down, so yeah, it's I'm actually ta- nice. Ta- Texans uh, minus 3.5. I am taking the Texans. There's no doubt about it. I don't trust injuries, all this stuff. Tennessee's not the playoff team, and... Really, the the last wild card spot is going to go to the team that's going to win because this team loses and the other teams are going to lose. The Indianapolis Colts are destined for that sixth spot. Destined for it. <laughs> I, I want to see Luck the way that they're playing now in the playoffs. Some trouble. Oh, yeah. Some trouble for some teams. And their defense isn't good, but they can get turnovers. Yeah. That's what you know you, what? We've you know talked that, about this. Can I tell you something? They made a signing a couple of weeks ago. It was a very good signing. Mike Mitchell. 
They signed Mike former Mitchell, former Pittsburgh Steelers. Former Pittsburgh Steelers. They, they've they've done very well. I'm a, you you know, I, I picked the Colts to win. They might not win the division. They they might end up being two games back. But hey, stranger things have happened in the NFL. That's why it's the NFL. And that's it for the Last Word podcast. I'm Steve Artibello. I am Angela Lippa. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, all the places you would uh, catch your podcast and your pod catchers. Mm-hmm. But until next time. Appreciate you listening. Always. We'll see you later. Peace out. Bobby bitch, oh yeah, Bobby bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me. Bobby bitch, oh yeah, Bobby bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me. Bobby bitch, oh yeah, Bobby bitch. Oh, you ain't know they call me. Bobby bitch, Bobby bitch. And I'm down to catch all body bitches.